we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 16th, 2019. And uh, the next report is what, and I'm going to say excessive social media does to a human. And this is a very telling, interesting report here. We now know that many of the major social media companies hire individuals called attention engineers who borrow principles from Las Vegas casino gambling, among other places, to try to make these products as addictive as possible. That is the desired use case of these products, is that you use it in an addictive fashion because that maximizes the profit that can be extracted from your attention and data. It literally is a point now where I think we have created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. That is truly where we are. The way the technologist Jaron Lanier puts it is that these companies offer you shiny treats in exchange for minutes of your attention and bytes of your personal data, which can then be packaged up and sold. What happened is that the attention economy and this race for attention got more and more competitive. And the more competitive it got to get people's attention on, say, a news website, the more they need to add these design principles, these more manipulative design tactics, as ways of holding on to your attention. You don't realize it, but you are being programmed. Social media tools are designed to be addictive. The actual design, desired use case of these tools is that you fragment your attention as much as possible throughout your waking hours. That's how these tools are designed to use. Well, we have a growing amount of research which tells us that if you spend large portions of your day in a state of fragmented attention, so large portions of your day where you're constantly breaking up your attention, take a quick glance, do a just check, and just quickly look at Instagram, that this can permanently reduce your capacity for concentration. I am especially worried about this when we look at the younger generation coming up, which is the most saturated in this technology. It's very addictive because if you pull on the slot machine arm enough, you will win. And you never know which pull will reward you. That's an addictive behavior, and it's dopamine that is driving that addiction. So what happens with social media is Robert Spolsky, who did the foundational research on this at Stanford, calls it the magic of maybe. When you look at your phone, and maybe there's a text there, and maybe there's not, and you don't know, when it shows up, that high you get, that's dopamine. It's the magic of maybe. Maybe it'll be there, maybe it won't. When it shows up, you get a 400% spike in dopamine. That is roughly the same amount of dopamine as you're getting from cocaine. It's slightly less than an extremely addictive drug like cocaine. And that's what's happening. We really care what other people think of us. So for example, you know, when you upload a new photo, a new profile photo of yourself on Facebook, uh, that's a moment where our mind is very vulnerable to knowing what other people think of my new profile photo. And so when we get new likes on our profile photo, Facebook knowing this could actually message me uh, and, and say, oh, you have new likes on your profile photo. And we, it knows that we'll be vulnerable to that moment because we all really care about when we're tagged in a photo or when we have a new profile photo. And the thing is that they control the dial, the technology companies control the dial for when and how long your profile photo shows up on other people's news feeds. So they can orchestrate it so that other people more often end up liking your profile photo over a delayed period of time, for example, so that you end up uh, having to more frequently come back and see what the new likes are. And it's literally rewiring our brain. Even social media, the challenge is, you know, with these terms like Facebook depression and everything. What's that? 
This is social media depression because where it's everyone's looking at their feed and they're comparing their lives to other people, the, their highlights of other people's lives. Wow. And there's actually less satis life satisfaction, more sadness, depression, and stuff like that. And it's interesting because if you think about things like things that, you know, routinely produce a lot of dopamine, alcohol, for example, there's a drinking age, right? We have a drinking age. The alcohol releases a whole lot of dopamine. It makes you feel really, really good. We say, okay, you can have that, but you've got to wait. You've got to be 21 years old. We don't do that with social media. We're, you know, essentially putting highly addictive drugs into the hands of kids before they have any natural defenses against them. And what you're seeing with internet addiction, with social media addiction, the same thing over and over. It's people trying to change their state of consciousness with a device trying to get at the underlying neurochemical chemistry and it's very very addictive and so i would say the problem with the gadgets and i mean they're amazing things is that they interfere with they approximately interfere with medium to long-term goals i would say and so i think the first thing you have to do to bring them under control is figure out what it is that their use is interfering with it has to be something important so you think, well, I, I, I want to do something important. Well, what is that? Oh, it could be personal. Maybe you want to have a relationship. You want to get married. You, you want to have kids. You want to have a career that's meaningful. You know, you want to have a life. You, you want to have an Abrahamic adventure and be the father of nations, let's say. Well, you can't be ratting away on your cell phone and doing that. And so I think, I think part of it is to set your sights high and, and make a plan and figure out who you could be and see if obsessive utilization of smartphone fits into that vision of nobility and it will partly because they're they're unbelievably powerful communication devices but so so often it's it's okay so um what he has said before about people going into facebook depression because you know all of these lives that are that you're seeing where you've got people that are photoshopping their photos and you know they're putting all these filters on the photos and I, and this is i i mean i'm sorry but this is i think more prevalent with women i i know i'm sure some guys do it or whatever but like the actual image you're seeing may not look anything even like the person and they're 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 putting all you're only seeing like the best 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 part of their supposed day when you're not seeing the other 24 hours of what their life might actually be like so you've got all these Rosie Rebecca of, uh, uh, of Sunnybrook Farm, um, Mary Poppins, like, oh, this is so wonderful. I'm this, I'm that, I'm, I'm eating this, and I'm drinking my latte here, and I'm so happy, and I'm so whatever. And you're comparing it to your own life, and it's not stacking up. So therefore, you get depressed. And this is what they're talking about. Now, the Bible warns against this, and it, coincidentally enough, it was in the Bible verses that I just talked about, where it said... Um, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, and I, again, adultery, fornication, and then it goes in to say uh, witchcraft, variants, emulations, um, and this would also fall under the classification of jealousy, okay, envyings is another one, which would fall under this classification as well, what is emulation, emulation and this is from the Webster 1828, the act of attempting to equal or excel in qualities or actions rivalry desire of superiority attended with effort to attain it generally in a good sense or an attempt to equal or excel others in that which is praiseworthy it could be in a good sense could be 
But in the context of the Bible, though, it's not. It's one of the works of the flesh because you're trying to, um, it's like keeping up with the Joneses type of thing. Oh, he's got a, a Ford F-250 that's brand new. I've only got a Ford F-150 that's seven years old. I want to try to emulate that. I want to be like him. I'm jealous. I'm envious. That's what we're talking about here. Um, in a bad sense, striving to equal or do more or outdo more than others to obtain carnal favors and honors. Okay, so when they talk about em emulate, emulations in that verse in Galatians, that's what they're in reference to. Um, I think it would again fall under the envies and the um, jealousy as well. Could easily progress into that. And then it says in Galatians 5.26, which I also read, let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. And um, it's pretty tough to do if you're up on social media all the time and that's like your world and um, you're locked into that matrix. I mean, isn't everybody out trying to do outdo one another, most people? Isn't that a lot of it what it's about? Not everybody, but isn't that kind of part of the whole things with social media and you can you can put whatever fantasy world up there i mean i'm not saying you my listener but i'm saying people can put whatever fantasy world up there they want to and it may not even be there may be no reality in what they're putting up there but you know they're depressing other people because they're acting like they have this unbelievable life that isn't even reality so it's kind of a fantasy world um the bible says in second timothy 2 14 of these, and this also relates to this, of these things put in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit. And I don't mean a profit like a prophet in the Bible. I mean a profit like you, something is profitable. Okay. We're to strive, meaning contend, you know, we're not to contend about words to no profit, meaning words should have some like if we're going to discuss something there should be some end game some fruitful end game to it but so much of what is discussed on social media would be things to no profit meaning they don't have any profit they're they're superfluous they, they don't matter it's a, it's a waste of time is what they're saying to avoid that and it says to, that they strive not about words to no profit but to the subverting of the hearers so these aren't just words of no profit that don't produce any fruit, but they actually subvert other people. We're not to strive about this. We're not to mess with this. And then the next verse, 2 Timothy 2.15, which you've heard me say a lot, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Next verse, but shun profane and vain babblings. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. Now, the KJV in Strong's translates the word vain babblings, which is used two times in the, in the New Testament, as empty discussion, discussion of vain and useless matters. Which, again, I think a lot of what social media is, is that exact thing. Discussion of vain and useless matters. Empty. It's words to no profit. 
you know? Comments about this particular video. Now, I'm going to go back and play the rest of it, but comments, one of the comments says, I don't do fake book, meaning Facebook. I don't really care what my friends are doing 24-7. Uh, another guy said, life was better before all this new technology. Get outside and enjoy nature again. Another one said, I got rid of Facebook a long time ago. Pure nonsense. Another one said, folks, this is old news to me. If you understand the greater game, it's about all about control. Look at the new meds, the new games, the new apps, the new phones, all designed to steal your attention and your soul. Use all with great discretion. Do not let them have you. You have control. Absolutely. So let's go back and play the rest of this video. For lack of something better to do. And it also interferes. You know, Im imagine like when you take that to the extreme where, you know, bad actors can now manipulate large swaths of people to do anything you want. It's just a, it's a really, really bad state of affairs. And we compound the problem, right? We curate our lives around this perceived sense of perfection because we get rewarded in these short-term signals, hearts, likes, thumbs up, and we conflate that with value and we conflate it with truth. And instead what it really is, is fake brittle popularity. That's short term and that leaves you even more, and admit it, vacant and empty before you did it. Vacant and empty, empty words, like the Bible talks about, vain babblings, you know? And again, they're, they're, they're throwing up pictures of like Kim Kardashian's Instagram and all these other fake Luciferian devil worshiping devils you know like you know this is my life and your life isn't even anywhere even remotely on my level and i mean how is that not going to depress a lot of people if that's who you have as your idol how, how is that not going to not depress people in mass because then it forces you into this vicious cycle where you're like what's the next thing i need to do now because i need it back Think about that compounded by two billion people. And then think about how people react then to the perceptions of others. It's just a, it's a really bad. So we know from the research literature that the more you use social media, the more likely you are to feel lonely or isolated. We know that the constant exposure to your friends' carefully curated positive portrayals of their life right. can leave you to feel inadequate and can increase rates of depression. And something I think we're going to be hearing more about in the near future is that there's a fundamental mismatch between the way our brains are wired and this behavior of exposing yourself to stimuli with intermittent rewards throughout all of your waking hours. So it's one thing to spend a couple hours at the slot machine in Las Vegas, but if you bring a slot machine with you and you pull that handle all day long from when you wake up to when you go to bed, we're not wired from it. It short circuits the brain, and we're starting to find that it has actual cognitive consequences, one of them being this sort of pervasive background hum of anxiety. Here's the thing. The world we live in isn't real. Social media isn't real. And by design, social media rewards us for showing our best life. The edited, posed, champagne, Michelin star, holiday, orchestrated best angle of our life. The right. highlight reel. Right. But you don't ever see real life the 99% of our lives, the behind the scenes, the unglamorous, unfiltered, day-to-day, -day, bland normality. And you end up comparing your behind the scenes to other people's 
fake highlight reel right. and using others as a mirror or benchmark for how you should look, how successful you should be, or how you should live. These fake comparisons will only serve to make you feel inadequate and inferior to something that isn't even real. Research continually shows that comparing your life to someone else's creates envy, low self-confidence, low self-esteem, and depression. Envy. Envy. Yeah. Right. So I've never had that with this ministry at all. I, I've never put that out there. With the, I've just inherently known that this is not good to do. And um, <clears throat> to get wrapped up in that type of thing is just... And not only that, but I knew a long time ago and I've reported on this. The more important goal, or one of the main important goals of, of all of the social media is massive data mining and gathering information on you and where you're at and where you live and where you travel and when you're out of town. And all of this is being put into a database, a database and regarding you so that when, you know, whenever the time comes, if you've lived your life on social media, you're going to be very, very easy to locate. And um, it's just, not only that, then the ways they target you with ads and things of this nature, it's all data mining. You compare yourself to other people every single day, consciously or subconsciously, and no matter what I say, you're not going to stop because comparing one thing to another is a natural human thing to do. Whether we want to admit it or not, a big reason why anything has value is because there's something worse or better to compare it to. Think about it. An old brick of a mobile phone with a big aerial is only considered amazing in a world before the smartphone. The horse and carriage is only considered a phenomenal mode of transport until the car comes along. The answer isn't to stop making comparisons because unfortunately we can't control that but you have to change the object of your comparison from someone else to yourself. You have to measure yourself against yourself. And by doing this, you start at a base point where you consider yourself to be perfectly fine exactly how you are. Well, again, though, I think you need to compare yourself with what the Word of God says. This isn't a Christian saying this. I understand what he's trying, the point he's trying to get across. Worry about yourself. Don't worry about you know how you stack up against everybody else and I, I do believe that is biblical but i think that really we need to look into the like the word of god in, in that mirror and see how we we compare that's what the bible would tell us to do but it also is the most effective motivating and healthy way to work to improve yourself you'll become your happier self when you stop putting pressure on yourself to be more like someone else right. and when you start comparing real to real yeah i mean like if for instance if you're going out and you're trying to compare yourself to a a marathon runner that runs the whatever in three hours some minutes or whatever and, and you're you can't run a marathon in twice that you know that, that could get real depressed don't worry about that kind of stuff just worry about you know if if you if that's a goal of yours worry about incremental gains Worry about just, you know, not worry, but I mean, like, strive. Strive for, for mastery. The Bible says strive for mastery and, and strive for, for perfection. And I mean, I mean, in all, all aspects of our life, you know, and I'm talking about like the gym. I mean, just, you know, a lot of different areas of our life. I don't think there's anything with wanting to be the best version of yourself that you can be. I don't think there's, I think that's biblical. I think that that's, that's trying to, and again, what I said about our books in heaven, trying to, to, 
align ourselves as closely as possible with with our heavenly directives with whatever god's plan is for our life that should really be the main thrust of our life and i don't think that that best version of you would be a version that you know eats junk food all the time and that is sick and then is on multiple meds and and never exercises and how are you going to be your best for god we're body soul and spirit and if our body is the weakest link in the chain well then how are you going to be your best for god so i i really believe and i, I try to teach at contendingfortruth.com that it's all a balance that we need to have balance in life we need a balance when we, when we read the bible we need to be rec able to reconcile this verse with another verse because if you just focus in on one particular verse that's how a lot of cults get started so we need to have that balance you know where we're but we're all striving for mastery in our lives in multiple different areas but don't beat yourself up just because you're not whatever in in a particular area don't 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 do that Be, because you know just try to incrementally just get better a little bit just one step at a time you know they say you know how do you climb a mountain or, or whatever that that expression well you know one step at a time if you think about oh i got to get to the, the top of it that's not how you climb a mountain you climb a mountain one step at a time it's incremental and you know slow and steady wins the race we're in a really bad state of affairs right now in my opinion it is it is eroding the core foundations of how people behave by and between each other um, and i don't have a good solution you know my solution is i just don't use these tools anymore I haven't for years. It's created huge tension with my friends, huge tensions in my social circles. Um, if you look at like, you know, my Facebook feed, I probably haven't, I posted maybe two times in seven years. Right. Three times, five times, like just, yeah. it's less than 10. Um, and it's weird, I guess I- I mean, you know, somebody like that, that's using it literally to go up there and to just kind of see what is going on, because there's certain things that can be garnered from something like facebook um you know in that but the problem is is are you is, is your personality type one where you're not going to let this thing control you and ruin your life are you capable of just like logging off for a week and then going up for a half hour and checking it and not it not becoming all-encompassing and just ruling your life or whatever you know that's what you have to ask yourself the question now the data mining thing that's not going away none of that so i mean i, I advise just against all of it if you can do that um but you know if you do have to do it is what i'm saying is you is you don't want it to be something that um is a source of oh i'm comparing myself and now i'm depressed because i'm not this or i'm not that or what look, look on god doesn't look on any of that garbage anyway he looks on the heart you know he's not comparing oh god's up there saying well your your selfie's not as pretty as marianne's or or you don't look as muscular as this guy or you don't have as much assets as the, god's not doing any of that but we do as humans and, we, and we're programmed to do it through a lot of the social media it's feeding into the whole vainglory and envy and an emulation system that that exists in us if unless we're really policing ourselves closely and the Bible says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And this is one of those things where you kind of have to do a lot of self-judgment. And I just innately didn't want to get programmed. And so I just turned, tuned it out. But I didn't confront it. And now to see what's happening, it's really, it really, it really bums me up. Back in the 1970s and the early 80s uh, at Xerox Park, when Steve Jobs first went over and saw 
the graphical user interface, the way people talked about influence the computers world. and what computers were supposed to be was uh, a bicycle for our minds. That um, here we are, you, you take a human being, and they have a certain set of capacities and capabilities, and then you give them a bicycle, and they can go to all these new distances. They're empowered to go to these brand new places and to do these new things, to have these new capacities. And um, that's always been the philosophy of people who make technologies. How do we uh, create bicycles for us to feel Sorry. and access more? Now, when the first iPhone was introduced, it was also the philosophy of these technologies. How do we empower people to do something more? And, what, and in those days, it wasn't manipulative because there was no competition for attention. Photoshop wasn't trying to maximize how much attention it took from you. It didn't measure its success that way. Um, and the internet overall had been, in the very beginning, uh, not designed to maximize attention. It was just a putting things out there, putting things out there, creating these message boards. It wasn't designed with this whole persuasive psychology that emerged later. If you feed the beast, that beast will destroy you. If you push back on it, we have a chance to control it and rein it in. And it is a point in time where people need to hard break from some of these tools and the things that you rely on. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. No civil discourse, no cooperation, misinformation, mistruth. And it's not an American problem. This is not about Russian ads. This is a global problem. Mr. Zuckerberg, would you be comfortable sharing with I mean, us? this guy, if he's human, I would be absolutely amazed. He looks like a some kind of drone, reptoid, clone, hybrid, or whatever. I mean, this guy is as creepy as they get. This is Zuckerberg, the owner of Facebook. Name of the hotel you stayed in last night? Um... Oh, what a creep. Uh, no. No. But they, but they, the, the whole point of that is they can know everything about you. They, they, you know, Facebook, you post, oh, here, I'm at here, here, there, wherever. I'm, I'm in Buffalo and I'm in there. Well, and a lot of people get robbed that way. Like, oh, so you're out of town? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to send my boys over to your house because I know you're out of town. And I can see where you're at on Facebook and we're going to rob you blind. That happens too. I mean, I could probably, if I broke down all of the different neg negatives about this, go way deeper into the subject. Uh, but again, we're trying to kind of rapid fire here. Ne next report, Ted and Austin radio show. This is for August 21st. So man, I mean like oh, over, um, over three weeks ago, 5G is the ultimate directed energy weapon system used to track and potentially kill you turn off your wi-fi when you're not using it cultural collapse theory discussed in detail lgbtq is increasingly becoming a protected less uh with less severe repercussions for speaking out against it uh protected with severe i'm sorry with severe repercussions for speaking out against it so let's go ahead and roll this clip here today is now we're starting to see a lot of countries refusing to allow 5G into them. And I wanted to touch on this briefly this morning because I've encouraged a lot of our listeners, a lot of our friends, a lot of our health masters family to do the best you can in your area to prevent this stuff from coming in, especially if you're in a small town or small community. You guys already know the dangers of 5G. And as we've started to see now, 
preliminary 5G networks that are rolling out in China, the United States, South Korea, and Japan. Over the next seven years, they're projecting that operators are going to invest over a trillion dollars to expand this 5G network. With 5G, the telecom industry promises instant connectivity, but the main aspect of it is paving the way for smart cities and a data collection boon that will tie all Internet-connected devices together. As investors scramble to get the piece of the 5G pipe, the technology is not projected. So see, Facebook and them and all the other social media are intricately related to this 5G takeover as well. It's all part of that B system to, to track you 24-7. And then to ultimately put a tracker called the Mark of the Beast into you. Now, there may be other trackers before the Mark of the Beast, the Mark of the Beast emerges, like neural implants and things of this nature, where they're actually taking the smartphone into your, into your head, into your eye gate essentially I, i've talked a lot about that particular they've got already got that technology so there may be other ways that they can track you well i mean hey you go out and, and you get uh you know you get a uh, nose job or a, or, a, or a hip hip replacement or shoulder replacement or abdominal mesh or dental implants and there's a very high likelihood those have microchips in them and those are all in the patents and i've went over this before so I think a lot of people are being tracked right now with these types of microchip technologies uh, and they're not even aware of it. And I've reported on that as well in a lot of previous teachings. Did for deployment in every first world country though. As we're starting to see now, there's been numerous countries in the EU that are refusing to even allow this technology into their country. The minister of the government of Brussels, capital region, Talim Fremont, has vowed to halt the 5G development. He goes on to say, and I quote, the people of Brussels are not guinea pigs whose health I can sell at a profit. I cannot welcome such technology if the radiation standards, which must protect the citizen, are not respected 5G or not. And what he essentially is saying is here, there's no expectations to be made in Brussels. He warns that the 5G violates Belgian radiation safety standards. Fremont is heeding the warning of over 240 scientists now. The numbers of the 240, 240 scientists and doctors from over 41 nations across the globe who have published documented research documenting the harmful effects of 5G radiation on all biological life. These scientists have appealed to the United Nations calling for a halt on 5G, but of course the United Nations, as we guys know, there's nothing that they do as far as it's for the health of the population of any part of the world. The United Nations is simply the beginning, the infancy stages of a new world order government, and that's what they've proven time and time again. And as we have shown, and I've documented heavily on this show in the past, the adverse effects of the radio frequency and military, millimeter waves on the human environmental health are extremely well documented, including the changes in bacterial growth, the neuro effects, the DNA damage, and even cancer. Permissive countries only consider the thermal effects of 5G, but there's much more to 5G radiation than that, and I've talked about that in the United States repeatedly, where they go in now and they test 5G and they say, oh, well, the thermal effects of the 5G and the thermal radiation, uh, this is minimal, you know, it's, it's below our standards, and if you guys have seen anything with a lot of those standards, they've continued to be raised 
over the last 15 to 20 years. And now we have Dr. Martin Paul, who's exactly got the right. detail as well. Washington State University professor calls the 5G rollout the stupidest idea in the history of the world. That's what Dr. Martin Paul says. He's a state, Washington State University professor. The stupidest idea in the history of the world rolling out 5G. In his studies, he warns about the very high energy output that is required to ensure that the efficient penetration of electro electromagnetic frequency waves penetrate. He also documents the extraordinarily high number of antennas that are planned that will increase the exposure to the deeply penetrating radiation as well. He said the two body systems most impacted by the pulsed EMS are the eyes and the kidneys that they are starting to find out now. So Again, I just wanted to encourage our listeners, if you have this stuff coming to your city, local area, do the best you can to try to appeal this stuff. I know the FCC has gone and made it virtually impossible to try to block it. However, I'm starting to hear about multiple avenues that they can do this on, especially when it comes to the health aspects. And when you have the documentation, you guys can pull this up. We're going to put on the website today of the 240 scientists and doctors from over 41 nations that have published the research on this. There's a reason why. The government of Brussels now is saying, no, we are not allowing 5G inside whatsoever. It is not healthy. It is completely dangerous. It is being completely and totally undervalued for the damages of what it can actually do to the human body. And it's being done specifically to tie in smart cities and connecting all digital devices together. It is not anywhere at all about increasing Internet speeds. As I told you guys before, average 4G downloads speed on, on each aspect of it is like 40 milliseconds. They're saying that 5G is around 4 to 5 milliseconds. Both lightning fast, again, has nothing to do with increasing Internet speeds. Do you really think that these 5G operators that are investing over a trillion dollars over the next six to seven years could care less about spending trillions of dollars to make sure you have Internet at a slightly faster pace? Absolutely not. They're doing this the time everybody into Internet of Things and then to roll it into the 6G over the next decade, all at the expense of our health, the expense of our minds, and the expense of our money and the expense of our freedoms. So please do your research on this. Be aware of what's going on. There's a reason why the government of Brussels, the minister of Brussels now, has said absolutely not. 5G will not come into our country under any circumstances. I hear you with us now, Deb. Yeah, I apologize, guys. I had a dead battery this morning, so it kind of threw things off a couple of minutes in my truck. But uh, but you're right, Austin. Uh, 5G is the ultimate directed energy weapon, and I mean that's what it is. And uh, if this this is information from a particle physicist. Uh, Dr. Catherine Horton argues, based on her research and personal experiences, that the 5G network is intended as a directed energy weapon system that aligns with the goals of the global elite to enslave humanity. This is what she's saying, particle physicist. You know what's crazy about this is she's a top. PhD physician in Europe at Oxford University, and she's basically warning people about what's going on. She worked as a research fellow at St. John's College, a position that allowed her to expand her research in particle physics and medical physics and the physics of complex human systems. As part of the latter, she conducted systems analysis research of the English legal system and economies, financial system, currencies, as well as white-collar crime and organized crime. In other words, she has the credentials to be public enemy number one to the old global elite and also to 5G. And what's crazy about all of this stuff, she's starting to say now that, hey, look, they're trying to they're trying to basically cause all of us to be talked to, locked into the Internet of Things, exactly what you said. She goes on to say, quote, 
I think the average person struggles so much understanding what all this is about that what the global elite are banking on, they are banking on one fact, for example, this is a very simple con hidden in this marketing ploy of 5G, for example. When they brought up 3G and 4G, everybody assumed that 5G is just a better 3G or 4G. And what you don't understand, it's not that. You, people need to realize this is a directed energy weapon system. It can basically, basically shut your body down, shut your heart down. So your 5G system is like a gang, gang stalker with a directed energy weapon in a rucksack, rucksack who shoots you in the face as you're walking around behind him. You know, on the payment, for example, but it will not be a gang stalker. They can do it from those. They can do it away from those. I'm, I'm reading her quote, and it's very jumbled. That's why you wonder if I'm jumping around. If they have these 5G antennas every 50 or 100 meters, so the 5G system will do everything that the current global weapon system can do and can also, I strongly believe, instantly kill. This is the lady who's the 5G particle physicist who works at Oxford. She says this thing can instantly kill. Now, guys... That's what this is. It's a depopulation agenda. It's basically targeted individual agenda. It's one of the... All they have to do is crank up the actual potential wattage. I've reported on this before. In those towers, the cell phone towers, and they can kill in a pretty good radius. Everything in that radius. Uh, all they got to do is crank it up. And, they, and, the, and the power's there. They're only functioning off a fraction of the power they have in the cell phone towers. So obviously you have to be close enough to it and obviously God can still protect you. I'm just saying though that they could use it in that regard and I have reported on that on several occasions. Reasons that I believe that these big internet providers want to track every single thing you do so they'll know exactly who you are, where you are, what you're doing, what your energy field is, what your frequency and how to directly impact and affect your heart if they want to stop it. That's what I believe this system does and is. So guys, it's one of those things we have to be really, really, really cautious. And if you kind of have this stuff coming into your area, you need to be protesting, pitching a fit, carrying on, and doing your absolute best to stop it, just like they're doing over there in Europe. Austin, what about Oh, you're absolutely right on them. And that's why I brought this article up here, because it's rolling out so fast now. And there's so much propaganda that's being pushed out with it from Sprint and AT&T and so forth and T-Mobile to try to convince the American population that we need this because so many people now are wrapped up in their phones all the time. Which relates heavily to the social media because what are they doing on their phones? Well, a lot of them are on social media. They go from, I don't know, I'm assuming Facebook to Instagram to Twitter to whatever. I don't know. I'm, I've never really went that route, so I'm not 100% sure how that goes. I don't have a smartphone. You know, I really never went the social media route. So I'm not 100% familiar with that territory. Uh, I've warned against it. And um, I just know that the smartphone, obviously, is the key player in connecting most people to the social media that we just talked about. Boggles my mind how many people now live vicariously through their phones. They don't live life anymore. They live through social media. They live through phones. They live through video games. We're being wrapped oh, yeah. up into this digital age now to where we don't actually go out and live anymore. You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine about that the other day, how, you know, you see all orange groves around here when I grew up, and we used to always take the dirt bikes out there, and we were always making little jumps and, you know, just doing fun stuff all the time, always out in the lake. And now, you know, the entire generation has flipped the script to where, you know, going outside and playing, going outside riding bikes or dirt bikes or just getting in basic trouble, so to speak. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying like that's good, but I'm saying just going out and being boys, having fun. 
doesn't exist anymore. Everybody's wrapped up in these videos. Yeah, I mean, I remember the other day I was driving around, coming home, and I looked over and there was, I don't know, I think it was a guy and his, maybe his sister or girlfriend, I don't know. And they were just playing basketball. And I was like, wow, imagine that. Look at that. Uh, I don't hardly ever see that anymore. That's amazing. I don't see kids outside anymore. I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, it was pretty much every single day you were doing something. We were, I don't know, playing baseball, riding our bikes. I mean, you know, I wasn't exactly Mr. An, an angel, that's for sure. Um, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, I grew up in a secular household. I'm not going to say I was always doing good stuff. But, you know, I mean, just being, I don't know, an adolescent type of thing in out in nature doing stuff that's i don't see it very much anymore and again they're just trying to progressively plug us all into this matrix where you know and again when when there's no activity when there's no activity in the body then your vitality goes down and your health goes down and you're going to be more prone to being on meds and being on antidepressants and then you're living you know through all this fake world of the video games that so many guys are into which again there's no bible for it it just came video games in the keyword search and, and i've done a, i think a couple different studies exposing that wickedness now it's you know one thing once in a while but you know so many of the games though i guess are just you know first player kill games the bible says i'll set no wicked thing before my eyes and you're over there killing all of these whatever and and, and doing this or doing that and you, like this keyboard warrior type of stuff i it's just to me i look at it like a colossal waste of time and I, I just, I don't see the benefit. ...games, they're wrapped up in these full indoctrination schools. The school systems now, the public school systems, 100% absolutely are there to do nothing but indoctrinate the children, unless they have a few good teachers that are willing to put their necks out on the line and try to teach some real truth and real history. Majority of the feedback I get from most of the public school systems and people that are in the public school systems is the curriculums are garbage now. They don't teach the children anything. They essentially teach them overall to avoid obey and submit that's really what their primarily objective is to do now right. now you have out in california where they're starting to introduce curriculums that are fully gender neutral i kid you not now all the new curriculums over the next couple of years in the main public school systems in california are going to be fully gender neutral they're not going to have he and she they're not going to have him or her they're going to have gender neutral in the entire curriculums as they change everything over there's also been reports of numerous teachers that have gotten in trouble even suspended for refusing to call a child a six or seven year old child that comes in cross-dressing completely confused about life has to call him by his or her new name that they demand to be called and they refuse to do this i'm, I'm not I'm not going to call little johnny little susie now and refuse refer to her as a her because that's what she demands I do now because it's a he and he wants to dress in a dress. The ideology has become so polluted now. That's what their goal is. I had an individual come in yesterday, a customer of mine, 
his brother works for Disney, and he said Disney now has become so militant on the backside of it, the actual part of Disney, on the boots, on the ground to actually do all the stuff at Disney. He said most of it has become so militantly homosexual that if you're heterosexual, if you're straight and you work there, you literally have to walk on eggshells with everything you do and everything you say. He said there's been numerous reports of people that are just heterosexual that absolutely have zero issues with people that are homosexual but if they say anything, if they make a comment, if they say something that anybody even finds remotely disrespectful, they turn them in like the Gestapo. There was one guy there, he said there was a man, who was a man but he refused to allow anybody to call him he or anything like that. He identified as he claimed as a pixie not kidding, identified as a pixie and had his own set of pronouns that he demanded everybody call him. And if they didn't, he immediately turned them into HR because they did not call him by his correct pronouns. This is how unbelievably idiotic the entire population on that side is starting to become with these hardcore leftists. And the church, for the most part, does little to nothing to really combat this from what I'm seeing doing everything they can to undermine just basic morals and values. We're not even talking about true biblical principles anymore that we need to follow. We're just talking about simple morals and ethics and scientific ideology now that's not even followed anymore because the left wants to go out on this far, hardcore tirade about, oh, this is what you have to do and this is what they need to be called. You can't call them this, you can't call them that. If you don't bake cake for them, they're gay and sue you. I mean, it's sick. It really is perverted. And then you see the school systems are one of the main things that are fueling this idiotic ideology because they're forcing the children, indoctrinating them into these indoctrination slave camps to think a specific way. If they don't think that specific way, they're penalized. If they're penalized, they get bad grades. If they get bad grades, they allegedly can't get into the college of their choice so that they can become more indoctrinated as they become older at 18 and 19 into the college university slave indoctrination camps that we're now starting to see now. It boggles my mind, and I'm starting to really get a picture of it now over the last couple of years as I see more and more kids in the public school system and in the university systems and what they're taught, what they deal with, and what they are having to basically try to fight, especially if, I mean, if they're actually conservative and Christian, that doesn't go anywhere now in college. I mean, that, that gets essentially penalized in college now if you have those ideologies. And what all that ties me back into now is with the 5G, they want to keep as many people wrapped up in the internet, in the news, in the propaganda that they can with the movies and the fake news and everything else. Because the more they can keep people focused on the fake propaganda that they're trying to push, the more they can push their ideology. I mean, does anybody else find it weird that, I mean, we're seeing now something that's unprecedented in history where the social media, the news press, the online media now is literally going in and blacklisting and taking things that are true, accurate topics and refusing to have them even come up in search engines. I talked about it in Project Veritas yesterday with Google now. Well, I mean, it's not just a speculation anymore. It's not just a so-called conspiracy theory that the left likes to call it. It's a fact that they're doing this now. 
They're getting ready for the next wave of a new world order to be brought in. There's a reason why Deagle, this globalist website, says the United States population is going to be at 100 million by 2025. We're going to drop 250 million people in the United States. There's a reason why it says our United States military budget was like 700 billion or whatever in 2017, and it's going to be like 30 billion by 2025. There's some weird stuff that's going on right now, and when you look at the big picture and you realize what they're getting lined up to do, the only way they can successfully implement what they're trying to put in place is by full blown brain entrainment mind control and that is where the 5G network comes into place and the 6G network is the next rollout that's right after this I've gone to this in detail and I've had so many people email me and go oh you're just you're getting way out there you're getting way out there months ago people were talking about it and now all of a sudden there's been numerous tech articles that are starting to hint at the 6G system and what they're bringing out and all of a sudden people are emailing me now and they're going man Austin you talked about this 6-7 months ago you are talking about the 6 G when the 5G was just and, and Trump couldn't be any more on board. He is at the absolute virtual spear tip. I've given you all the quotes from him. He is 100% at the spear tip of this. To get rolled out, and I said, "Yeah, I know." I said because that is what their overall goal is. The 5G is the lily pad to hop off of, so they can get the infrastructure in place with all these microwave towers on all the poles throughout the entire world. Then, once that's in place, they switch it over to a higher, more concentrated, directed frequency with the 6G systems. And it goes completely sideways from there. There's a reason why Elon Musk wants to use this Neuralink system that he's already talking about doing tests on next year in 2020 that has all these little Neuralink fibers that are injected into your skull, into your brain with a chip, and you can Mm -hmm. direct your cell phone and all your other information right into your chip and control it right from your brain. This is real stuff. And so this is why when Dad and I say we have to do the best we can to get the fire. 5G system and prevent it from coming into place. The only way they can get this system up and operational completely is it has to be nationwide. Understand that. The 5G system, the Internet of Things, is going to have to be nationwide. Every town, every city, every neighborhood, every street is going to have to have these towers on it. If they do not have the towers on it, there's going to be gaps and the 5G connectivity of what they can do, which means when the smart systems and the smart cars and the smartphones and everything they try to roll out over the next five to ten years to tie it into the Internet of Things to get everybody wrapped up in the system, if there's gaps in the armor, it will not be fully 100% operational. So it's crucial. Everybody, do the best you can with your local municipalities, your cities, your counties, everything, to do the best you can to prevent this stuff from coming in. In my personal opinion, if you have to physically have these things removed or prevent them from being removed, if people come out and they start installing refrigerator-sized boxes on the telephone pole, I feel like you should handle it however you feel the best way to handle it. I'm not going to give you advice on the best way to do so, but I'm telling you, there's going to have to be a point where we draw a line in the 
sand where we don't want 5G radiation 100 feet away from our house penetrating into our house all day, every day that you can't turn off. There's a reason why I tell people, turn off your Wi-Fi at night when you go to bed. And I tell people that, and I can't even count anymore how many people have emailed me and told me, oh my gosh, Austin, I sleep so much better when I turn my Wi-Fi off at night. I have so much better vivid dreams. I wake up in the morning so much more refreshed just from shutting off and unplugging my internet and Wi-Fi at night. What do you think is going to happen when you've got a refrigerator-sized microwave tower outside your bedroom that's putting 5G out, pulsating 24-7, 365? There will be no shutting off your Wi-Fi anymore. It will be on 24-7, and the only way to shut it off will be to physically shut it off, meaning it's a lot. There, I mean, but the, the smart meter is going to be so much worse than Wi-Fi. I've said you the reports, the, the people that are getting them installed in California – the one block, the, the women were having two periods a month and they were saying that the periods were worse than childbirth. And all of it's being suppressed in the news because they don't care. They want to induce as much cancer and mass suffering as they can and they want to take us out physically so that we can't do anything to fight Satan. Easier to keep these things from coming on before they get on the tower than trying to shut them off once they're already on the tower in your entire neighborhood. So that's my rant, that's my stance, and that's my ideals on that. I highly suggest any of the people that are listening to us, if you know this to be the truth, which it is, do the best you can to prevent this stuff and try to do the best you can to wake up your kids and keep them out of a lot of this entire tech world and keep... So, um, we have that. And uh, that, you know, goes on for another 40 minutes there. And I give you the link to that if you want to hear the rest. Um, <clears throat> but they, they, they're like this particular broadcast. They shift gears and go into different stuff and different stuff. Uh, a great program overall. So now we're going to switch gears again and try to cover this. Vaping has killed four people. And again, it's probably much higher. But what they're admitting to, four people. And left 450 sick because because of the deadly new lung disease health crisis linked to e-cigarettes has now spread to 33 states and the cdc has urged all people to stop this to stop this habit indiana and uh well it's really an addiction indiana and minnesota health officials each confirmed one death from a mysterious lung disease in each of their respective states on friday on friday the cdc said that there are now 450 cases of lung illnesses being investigated under the suspicion of being caused by vaping <clears throat> I have done one other study on vaping. If you key that in, you can find that. Um, E-cigarettes or vaping in the keyword search box. Oh, actually, I posted here. I'm sorry. I'll get to that in a second. Harvard University scientists call these new illnesses a worrisome new disease in a study published Friday. 215 cases have been confirmed. Three people have died after vaping and displaying symptoms of mysterious lung disease. Many, but not all, cases involve vaping, THC, and nicotine together, evidently. I don't know. Um, Thursday, state health officials told the Washington Post that the FDA has warned cannabis vaping-related deaths may be caused by a vitamin E-derived oil. So, again, the problem is you're, is you're not just... You're getting all these other chemicals when you're vaping, typically. And only God knows what these other chemicals are doing when you know you cross combine them with other chemicals in the vape and then also you inhale them into the lung fields which goes directly into the bloodstream 
Uh, I, I have felt this just from a common sense standpoint when I've looked at this from the very beginning. I'm like, you know, smoking's bad, and I would never advocate it, like smoking cigarettes and stuff. But it's like vaping's on a whole other level because it's chemicals. It's just there's no natural component to it, really, for the most part. They're chemicals derived, and there's hardly any um, oversight regarding long-term health side effects and what these chemicals can do in the body. And I've always thought that this was this was crazy stuff. And I, I look around and I see how the vaping cartridges now are in front of the cigarettes and a lot of the convenience stores you go into. And, and my daughter tells me that so many people that she's around that are her age, they're all vaping extensively. And it's so much easier to do way higher amounts of nicotine with vaping uh, because, you know, you can just do more cartridges and it's it's more palatable. It doesn't have the bad smoking smell. You don't have to go outside. You don't have to worry about offending other people. So you, you end up getting far more addicted to the vaping than you ever would cigarettes a lot of times. Uh, it's unclear what any of these what any of the three left dead after vaping used in their e-cigarettes. Now, then I post my teaching here from 2014 um, and I give you the link to it poisonings from e-cigarettes and synthetic pot are surging among youth avoid synthetic marijuana it can be deadly aka spice black mamba k2 mojo and white widow now that may be all old news this is from 2014 from June but um, there may be something you can glean there next report chemicals used in e-cigarette flavors are toxic and we've known this for decades uh, from the beginning, the e-cigarette industry has been trying to peddle that their products are safe and that they don't contain the nasty chemicals that you find in cigarettes. Erica Sward, Assistant Vice President of the National uh, Agency for the American Lung Association, told Healthline, as more and more research comes out, I think that we're not surprised to find that the e-cigarette industry has not been truthful and forthcoming about chemicals that their products do contain. Sward is referring to the growing body of evidence that the supposedly safe chemicals used regularly to make e-liquids are likely very unhealthy. Remember, everything's a depopulation scam and program. Everything that we're exposed to on a mainstream level is designed ultimately to most likely kill you or at least dumb you down or at least get you locked into the medical profession. Vaping's no different. You're going to start to see... Um, children in this generation like in my daughter's generation instead of you know dropping dead at you know 60 to 70 like whatever the lifespan is now you're going to start seeing people drop dead in their 30s and 40s most likely i mean the the abuse that so many of the young in in this generation are doing to their own bodies and have been doing from a very early age I don't see how they could live to be past 30 or 40 on average. And again, that's all part of the population side. And most of them are all going to be sterilized as well. And this is coming from a number of different factors that I've covered in teachings in the past. The vaping is just one aspect of it. Um, <clears throat> new research further suggests that the chemical components in e-liquids are toxic and harmful to the body. Also, it is unlikely that manufacturers of these products are even fully aware of their chemical properties or potential for harm. The selling points of the safety of the e-liquids have been that the products contain relatively few ingredients and that the ingredients used, many of them are in the FDA's generally recognized as safe or grass trusted source. E-liquids are generally made from a combination of propylene glycol, which is the main component of antifreeze, okay, uh, which, you know, will kill you, 
if you take it into you um propylene glycol i mean i'm talking copious you know larger amounts but little little tiny amounts you can live but overall if you take enough propylene glycol it will kill you and vegetable glycerin this forms the liquid base to which additional additives such as flavorings and nicotine are added the proof is in the pudding or in this case the pudding flavor vape juice aldehydes which are organic compounds also often associated with aromas such as those of berries and other additives used for flavoring on the grass list are understood to be safe for food but not for smoking or vaping see there was a lot you had to get over in order to get addicted to cigarettes or cigars or whatever nick uh chewing tobacco and this kind of stuff there's a lot to get over because they have they have generally having nasty taste and particularly with smoking it produces a nasty smell it's a nasty vile smell that sticks to you your clothes your breath the whole nine yards so there's a lot socially that had to be overcome but when you can label something as bubble gum, bubble gum and pixie stick flavor or whatever they're doing pudding flavor and market that to small children who are a lot of times addicted to candy anyway and market to that whole candy oh yummy mentality well it's super super simple and easy to get them addicted to these things it doesn't even smell bad smells good i'm just inhaling this wonderful stuff it makes me feel good well now i'm addicted and you know like taylor's told me she said you can't even understand how many of the people that you know just people in her generation are addicted to this stuff 100 percent, and it's just normal now it's just the normal thing um yet the e-liquids are rife with these um these grass lists uh, of flavorings that are understood to be safe for food yet the e-liquids are rife with them previous studies have looked at the effects of these ingredients when subjected to heat or vaporization uh, and found that they can cause the formation of formaldehyde, which is embalming fluid, just what they embalm you with, and other cancer-causing chemicals, in addition to causing irritation and inflammation of the lungs. So just because something supposedly might be safe to ingest when you heat or vaporize them, you might be dealing with a whole other ball of wax, in other words, that can cause cancer-causing chemicals, in addition to causing irritation and inflammation of the lungs. New research says that the chemicals could begin to react forming unknown byproducts as soon as the e-liquid is mixed it's entirely possible that there may be tens or even potentially hundreds of compounds forming and we just don't know much about them uh svent eric of the jort svent eric jort uh phd professor of anesthesiology pharmacology and cancer at cancer biology at duke university school of medicine he said the last quote so they have no idea they have no idea what the long-term side effects are and um I, I said this a long time ago about this vaping i said you watch they're they're um the people of this generation and the ones that have been doing this they're going to start dropping dead they're going to start developing all kind of lung issues lung cancer and things of this nature and it's happening it's it's absolutely happening here's one I can't even keep up with all of them. Students share shocking images of collapsed lung after after vaping. These are all very recent reports. Costly cartridges and in addition to nicotine aren't the only thing the vapors need to worry about. Chance Amarita, 18 years old, said it only took him a couple of days to go through one jewel pod, which is, I guess, the vaping pod things you buy. Now he's going viral for sharing images of his lungs. You can click on this link here. I couldn't actually capture the image because it was like on Instagram embedded in there. But you can, he actually 
has images of his lungs that the doctors took when they were in there looking. Here's the link. On social media, it'll be on page, I don't know, roughly, probably on page like 18 or 17. Anyway, uh, on the PDF for the state. When he began vaping about a year and a half ago, he thought the trendy devices were safe, alternative to smoking. Uh, though the teen says he's never smoked, but last week the Florida-based student learned vaporizers come with risks of their own after he was rushed to the emergency room to treat a collapsed lung, which he believes was caused by the pod's toxic chemicals. Yeah, you normally don't see kids getting collapsed lungs for like no reason at all. It began last Monday with a pain in his side. He recalled having trouble sleeping, but wrote the discomfort off as a pulled muscle. The following day, he could barely carry on a normal day. I remember my friend made me laugh, uh, and it felt like my chest was collapsing, like I was having a heart attack. That's when he decided to go to the hospital, and within a few hours, he was surrounded by surgeons who had to insert a tube into his lung to keep it inflated. And Marita said the diagnosis was completely abrupt as he hadn't suffered any symptoms such as coughing or wheezing prior to the collapse. Oh, well, yeah. So you don't even know when it's coming when you're vaping, when your last day or when your last breath's going to be. When they did the actual major surgery to reinflate my lungs, the surgeon said, whatever you've been smoking has been leaving these black dots on your lungs, he added. And this kid has, he's only 18 years old. He hasn't been doing it for like 40 years, you know? Um... Going further, it says, although surgeons successfully repaired the hole in his lung, they told Amarita that those black dots would probably take years to heal if they ever do. Uh, what I would do is I would put them on the product I have, uh, Numazyme. Because that's got like one-stop shopping, everything but the kitchen sink for your lungs. So if you want to know more about that, just email me. And that, that's the best product I've ever had for any lung issue. It doesn't matter what issue it is. It's overall best shotgun product I've ever had for that problem, for, for any type of lung issue problem. At least it's where I would start. Now, I get a little bit more into that. I'm going to give you my protocol for addictions protocols. Now, you would also want to do like liver, liver kidney detoxing as well because... Those, to those toxins get into the bloodstream via the lung fields and they go to the liver. The liver and the kidneys are the two main things that has to break them down from a bloodstream standpoint and get rid of them. So it places a tremendous burden on the liver and the kidneys and other systems too. Anyway, um, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, let's see here. He said he, he'd also no longer be able to do a lot of the active pastimes he enjoys, such as cross-country running and scuba diving. Nor can he travel by plane for some time. That's nice. He's 18. Now the former vapor is sounding the alarm. I plead with others to break the habit. He said, quote, thought jewels were safe. So did I. He wrote in a viral post on a social media sharing his image of his spotted collapsed lungs. Please retreat, retreat this. Please retreat this. Uh, is affecting the world and we are the ones who can affect change. Do not stop sharing. Save lives. I will be the example if if it means no one else needs to be. So he's trying to get the word out. Uh, and Marita concluded, I know it's hard to change anyone's mind who's addicted because I was too. And I don't think anyone else could have said anything to me to make my, me stop. But your lungs most likely will look like this too if you've been smoking, meaning vaping. He concluded, don't let it get worse. Please stop. Really, please. Now, the kid hadn't been vaping that long. He couldn't have been. He's only 18. Okay. Here's the next report. 
teenager Tristan Zofield finds out the hard way that vaping can kill you as his lungs become so blocked he's put into a medical coma to save his life. Texas teen Tristan Zofield was fighting to save his life when his seemingly athletic and healthy lungs suddenly failed on July 26th. It was later discovered that his lungs failed due to vaping. Let me just say that at the onset that if you think vaping is healthy and a healthy alternative to smoking, you're wrong. And quite possibly dead wrong. 17-year-old Tristan Zofield found that after, that after uh, vaping since 8th grade, so he's 17 years old and he was vaping since 8th grade and hiding it from his parents, it's, it's a lot easier to hide because you don't smell like smoke. So it's the ultimate way to get it over on your parents. If you can come up with the money, you know, it's easy, I, I would imagine, to hide. Way, way easier than if you actually smoke cigarettes because they'd smell it. Anyway, um, he found this out after vaping since eighth grade and hiding it from his parents. His lungs completely failed and he was brought to the doorstep of death into a medical coma. Vaping will kill you. Take a real good look at the photo. I've got photos of, of him here. Uh, I think it's when he was in the coma. Take a real good look at the photo at the top of this article. You'll take a real good look at your child or perhaps in the mirror. Because if you if you want them or you to wind up like that, then by all means, keep vaping. Because that's where you might end up. Please pray for Tristan to make a full recovery. And please throw your vapes in the garbage where they belong. Yeah, amen. I woke up just throwing up everywhere. And my heart was beating out of my chest going 100 miles an hour. Zofield said. Uh, my family, his family rushed him to the Cook Children's Hospital in Fort Worth, Texas, where doctors admitted him into the ICU and put him in a medically induced coma as his condition rapidly deteriorated. There he was hooked up to an oscillatory ventilator, which kept him alive for 10 days. I mean, what if he wouldn't have had that? He would have been dead. Um, here's a related report in the middle of this entitled Vaping, E-Cigarettes, and Juuling, What Parents and Teens Need to Know. So you can click on that link if you like. The day they intubated him was the worst day of my life, Matt Zofield, Tristan's father, told the outlet. We walked into the hospital very naive about what we were dealing with. We had no idea he was gonna make it if he was gonna make it through or not. His father added that it was very difficult to come to terms with the x-rays of his lungs showing a complete blockage. Doctors were in multiple tests for a number of diseases, even pneumonia, but everything came back negative. We eliminated everything that could have possibly think of that could have caused it. Dr. Karen Schultz, a specialist in pediatrics and pulmonology, told the WFAA, it wasn't until another family member revealed that Tristan had been regularly vaping since he was... So he's still trying to lie to his parents, even though he's in the hospital and he's going to die. He's still, you know, I, got, I can't let anybody know, you know. Uh, another family member revealed that, that he had been regularly vaping since he was in eighth grade and a habit his parents reportedly didn't know about that the doctors came to as a diagnosis the light bulb started coming on his father recalled it started making sense why we weren't finding anything else well it also it, it kind of puts your uh, they they learn to be really good liars you know the children that are doing this behind their parents back really really good liars which is also something you know that's not good to be as you know a human or a christian uh and how many, how many multitudes of teens are lying to their parents about this? You know, as a matter of course, just every day. Schultz said she believes the chemicals Tristan was inhaling from the vape pen caused his lungs to inflame to the point where they couldn't exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide anymore. She added that his habit had done enough damage to scar his lungs. 
On Wednesday, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention announced that they are investigating 153 cases of severe lung disease that they think may be linked to vaping. Earlier this month, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration revealed that they were investigating 120 cases of seizure and other neurological symptoms for a potential link to e-cigarettes. Tristan was released from the hospital after an 18-day stay and told the WFAA that he and all his friends have thrown out their vape pens and e-cigarettes. I hope they stay thrown out. I was definitely given a second chance, and as soon as I woke up from that coma, I knew what I wanted to do. It shouldn't have been what you wanted to do, what you had to do, he explained. This is really what could happen and is not something to overlook. Here's another one. Vaping health alert. Utah teenager put in a coma after vaping every day for three years. Just three years it took. A teenager who vaped every day for three years was put into a medically induced coma after her lungs started to deteriorate. Here's a picture of her. I have in the PDF. Maddie Nelson, who's also 18 from Nephi, in the U.S. state of Utah, was taken to the hospital in late July with a high fever, intense kidney pain. She was struggling to breathe. The nurses tried to give her oxygen, hoping it would help, but it wasn't enough. Um, days later, the 18-year-old, who is the youngest sibling in the family, was rushed to an intensive care where she could barely draw breath. After an x-ray of her chest, it showed her condition was severe. Nelson's family and doctors decided to put her in a coma. So she's another one that's put in a coma. This is a hard decision for us to make. Her condition seemed to be getting worse and fast. We were scared we may never be able to see our sister again. Uh, it was while she was in the coma that doctors diagnosed the teenager with acute esophilic pneumonia caused by vaping. Nelson told Fox 13 she had vaped every day for three years. I thought vaping was fine, she said. I did the tricks all the time. I've seen those tricks up online where they do all this smoke, vaping smoke tricks, all this stupid garbage, waste of time, waste of money just killing yourself one vape at a time yeah i've seen that um there's more news reports about this there are links here city of milwaukee urges everyone who lives there to stop vaping immediately another one u.s probe of lung cases linked to vaping back to the report it says but it was only after she woke up from her coma that she learned of the real damage the habit had caused i had fat particles growing inside my lungs that were related to the glycerin in the vape juice, Nelson said. So then my lungs were full of fluid. I mean, when your lungs are full of fluid, guys, that's the last stage that happens in congestive heart failure. When I have an elderly patient uh, in times past or even in recent times where a listener emails me and they're like, yeah, my mom's in congestive lung failure. I'm like, oh my word. That's like the end stage of what typically kills people when they when they check out usually okay it's not good to have fluid on your lungs okay i know what to do about it you got to really support the heart and the kidneys heavily and they usually have them on lasix which is like the most aggressive diuretic but ultimately your your body gets dependent on the lasix and it's not a long-term solution at all well anyway um my lungs were full of fluid. They said my chest x-rays were one of the worst they'd ever seen. So like, this is an 18-year-old girl that's been doing it for three years. So extrapolate this. What's going to happen in the next 10 years with this stuff? I mean, you're going to... Oh, I, I can't even imagine. But Nelson, who was in a coma for three days, made a massive improvement after being given steroids to combat the inflammation. Although the teenager initially recovered, she still needs to use oxygen at night and continues to be monitored. It's very, very scary because the doctors don't know the long-term effects of this so that they don't know what the healing process is even supposed to be like. Oh, man, this is 
Satan's really having a field day is all I can say. Now, I got a question this week about coming off methadone or heroin. So I just decided, well, why not just do a short little part in the study where coming off methadone or heroin, drug addictions, vaping, smoking, and alcohol. Okay, what would you do? What would I recommend you do? Well, um, I would say that this is a protocol I would I would prescribe to come off methadone or heroin and drug addictions in general. One month would be bare minimum as it may take longer depending on how long they've been addicted. Uh, my full liver and full body detox is what I have here. Livitrit, one bottle. Um, the one bottle I sell, Livitrit Plus. I'll give you all the, the details here. I'll give you the cost, the whole nine yards. Three capsules twice a day for one month. Beta Plus, three capsules twice a day for one month. Remember, this isn't something you have to do forever, but Hepatoclear, three capsules twice a day. Now, I picked these three products because they're hitting all aspects of liver detoxification. I just don't have one that covers all the bases. If I had my own product line, trust me, I would have one product that would cover all the bases. But I don't, I'm not on the board of any company like that, so I can't tell them how to make, manufacture um, their products. So for me, it's as simple as I can make it. And then I would also do the multi-phase detox, three capsules twice a day for one month, which is two bottles you would need. Um, because then now you're hitting, you're going to be hitting kidney and liver heavily with all these. And it's like a full body detox. And then I would also do one capful of Intramax a day for the 30, for it's a 32 day supply to replenish the vitamins and mineral stores and provide the detox products listed above the cofactors to work properly. Because if you just try to do detox, like a really hardcore liver kidney detox, in the absence of any vitamins and minerals and cofactors, well, those vitamins, minerals, and cofactors, the liver and the kidneys and all the other detoxification pathways of the body, they got to have the other stuff in order to do the detox part. It'd be like, you know, you want to you, you wanna finally, um, you know, I don't know, drive your car with no gas. You've got to have the vitamins and the minerals and the cofactors in order for the car to run. And in order to, in order for the car to run, in this case, in order to do detox properly, you need to have the other. So that's very important. So anyway, I list all those. I list the prices on there, the current prices that I've got them for. And remember, when you do order from us, you're supporting the ministry as well. It's, it's been um, a big way that the ministry's been supported. And you're also getting basically a, a, a consultation from a doctor that's been doing this for like way over like 25 years that's specialized in clinical nutrition that has literally taught other doctors how to use these types of products. Um, I was being groomed to teach other doctors on how to use the whole standard process product line, which I don't use anymore, but I've transitioned to this other one, which I do believe there's some products they have that are far superior than to the ones I was using before. Uh, and again, I know that sounds like bragging, but it, it is true. I mean, I'm, I'm not lying to you about what I just said. As God is my witness, I'm not lying. And so um, then for smoking or vaping, I would do the above listed detox. Now, this is all in the PDF for September 16th, 2019 at truth.com, roughly on page, I don't know, 20 to 21 after I get my table of contents put in there. For smoking or vaping, I would add in the product I mentioned earlier, Numazyme. It's not just enough though to do that for this. You want to do a full detox because what the detox does is the detox gets, you, gets those chemicals out of your system so that the addiction process 
is so much better to cope with. Now, there's almost totally likely a demonic component here that you need to address. So I would do like the wind whirly mass deliverance several times, and then I would do specific ones for nicotine, or maybe they've even got ones for vaping. I don't know. Deliverance procedures for that. Do that several times because I'm not addressing the demonic component with this protocol at all. So if those demons are still there and guaranteed when you're vaping, you're feeding those demons. When you're drinking, you know, tons of alcohol, you're feeding those alcohol demons. When you're, when you're smoking cigarettes, you're feeding those cigarette demons. They're demons that feed off that. And that's a big part of the craving that this does not address. So you do both. That way there's, there's really no weak links in the chain. And this is a one, this is basically a one month thing. Now, granted, if you've done vaping for a long time, I'd stay on Numazyme. The one I just mentioned here, I give you a link to the product. I'd stay on that for potentially years. I mean, until you got a totally clean bill of health with your lungs, because like they said, it can take years. Now, this will greatly accelerate your body's ability. But if you just did this and didn't do the detox of the liver and the kidneys and the full body detox that I mentioned, and you don't do the Intermax, you're you're hamstringing yourself. You're, you're, you're putting yourself in a position where um, you're just not going to get the benefit that you're looking for as near, and, and, and really there's not a lot in the Numazyme that's going to detox you. So everything has its place and everything, you know, literally with all the ways they're bombarding us with chemicals and trying to kill us, you should be doing some type of full body, kidney, liver, full body detox at least once a year. I'm constantly doing detox stuff pretty much a little bit every day you know just to you know stay at hopefully optimal levels now for alcohol addiction you want to do the numazyme but i would add in either the invive mild silver protein 5000 part per million 40 drops twice a day under the tongue held for three to four minutes swallow that's to kill the yeast because if you're in an alcohol addiction you've got a lot of candida and yeast you're dealing with in the bloodstream that's one of the main reasons that you're feeding the alcohol not only feeding the demons that like the alcohol but you're feeding the candida in the bloodstream the yeast that is craving it's craving carbs and it's craving alcohol okay so the mild silver protein will help to um to um annihilate that eradicate now you also or if you didn't want to go the mild silver protein route, you could do a product I have called FC Cytal. And it is a really good overall herbal product to go after candida. And it's it's cheaper. It's it's not as expensive. Of course, if you're only doing 40 drops twice a day with the Invive, I don't know. A bottle is going to last you probably quite a while with the 5,000. So you got a couple options there. Now, also, in any candida protocol you're always going to want to do one other thing and that is flora you got to do the flora you got to put the good bacteria back in the intestinal tract because that's what the candida competes with if you just kill the candida and then you go off the protocol the bad candida comes back you want to replenish the intestinal tract with the good bacteria which will help keep the yeast and the candida away long term and I do a little bit of that every day just because it's just, you know, important. Now, I have Flora 2014 by innate listed for that. So I have that here. Anyway, the whole protocol is here. Uh, if you want to know more about it, just email me at the contact page or I give my email, I give my email address here. All right. Um, let's go a little bit further. Now we have 
I had a listener, Michelle, she sent this back to me back in May. This is how behind I am. Listener comment, insurance codes for vaccine poisonings. Why are there insurance codes for vaccine poisonings if vaccines are safe? Yeah, here it is. She, she photocopied it out of, I guess, one of the newest books on insurance codes. And I'm, I'm reading here point seven, and I give you a picture of it. 978 poisoning by bacterial vaccines and it gives you all the different vaccines that you can get poisoned with and the codes that you list and then uh, like you can get poisoned by the typhoid or paratyphoid vaccine the cholera or the plague or the tetanus vaccine their diphtheria or the pertussis and they all got their own different codes why because it's so prevalent so you got to have its own code because it's so stinking prevalent poisoning by vaccines and then another one another category 979 poisoning by vaccines and other biological sub, sub substances and then here listed you know uh, 979.0 smallpox vaccine 979.1 rabies vaccine and then there's a typhus vaccine yellow fever vaccine and the measles vaccine and the poliomyelitis vaccine and it goes on and on and on again why are there insurance codes for vaccine poisonings if vaccines are safe you know, have to kind of ask yourself that question. Next report. Only one study ever done on thimerosal used in vaccines. Thimerosal was patented by Eli Lilly scientist in 1927. Eli Lilly, a corporation based in Indianapolis, Indiana, took the opportunity to perform an experiment on humans during the local epidemic. 144 people in Indianapolis had come down with the bacterial meningitis infections of the brain. Eli Lilly took 22 of those people and exposed them to extremely high doses of thimerosal in a 1% solution. Thimerosal is, is a mercury-based preservative that they put in vaccines it's absolute total insanity mercury is one of the most toxic neurotoxins you could possibly ever put in and it's one of the main you know main ingredients they use in vaccines it's fine you know the thimerosal doses they gave to 22 people were killing animals in the laboratory yet eli Lilly gave it to the subjects intravenously and all 22 people died most of them within a day yeah they, they just gave them a little too much so they just lower the dosage where it doesn't kill you right away, kill you over long term. But one of the many ways our government's killing us, and just one of the many. And based on this experiment, Eli Lilly stated that thimerosal has a very low order toxicity for man. Yeah, it only killed all 22 people. So of course it has a low toxicity. Yeah. This remains the only safety study ever done on thimerosal. And this is our wonderful government that just loves us and wants to nurture us and only wants the best for us. I'm going to play this very quick video on this. Trace amounts. The only safety study ever done on thimerosal. Eli Lilly did an experiment on humans. Uh, there was an epidemic of meningitis in Indianapolis. And Eli Lilly is in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, 144 people came down with bacterial meningitis infections of the brain. And what Eli Lilly did is took a subgroup of those people and they exposed them to thimerosal, extremely high doses. It was a 1% solution. So they were giving doses to humans of thimerosal that were killing animals in the laboratory. They gave it to them intravenously. And of the 22 people, all of them died. It's great. It's good. Good that success is rate. the only safety story. 100% success rate. 100% kill rate. It's pretty good. You know, well, they would they would term it a success rate, right? I mean, they're they're Eli Lilly, they're Satan. It's the medical pharma cartel. So, 
They're of their father, the devil, and of his lust and of his works. They love to do. They love to kill, steal, and destroy. So why should this surprise us? Ever done. This is Mark Gear, MD, PhD, president of the Institute of Chronic Illness. On thimerosal is that he told them that it was safe when he gave it to 22 people, all of whom died, most of whom died. It's the only, only safety study ever done on thimerosal. Today. So, yeah. Uh, to get the whole story, it says watch trace amounts at www.traceamounts.com t-r-a-c-e-a-m-o-u-n-t-s dot com or you can just click on the link and watch this i mean it's just unbelievable i i oh man i mean it just keeps getting better and better and better i don't know what else to say now i'm gonna go ahead and stop there because i'm i'm out of time and we will go to part four probably the fourth and final part and we'll go to part four next. God bless you.